You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So we got another training camp today. Green Bay Packers, New England Patriots. First of all, I had mentioned how I really like that they're starting to do these joint practices. I think they're more meaningful then, um, well, maybe that's not the right way to put it, but it's important to mix those in, right? You work with your own team to kind of hone your craft. You can control all the elements. But in terms of preparation for the regular season, joint practices, I think, are great. And this is, as I said, the first time we've had back-to-back. Matt LaFleur, in his press conference, said, most likely would like to do two sets of joint practices again in the future, especially when you go against people you know and respect. So you got the Bengals, you got the Patriots. We've had a grand total of three joint practices against those two different teams. I was thinking about this the other day. I saw the Bears did a seemingly a decent job against the Colts or whatever. Conflicting reports, obviously. I know Fields threw two picks, so, you know, suck it. But um, it also occurred to me, these are two good football teams. I know the Patriots have been slipping a little bit. But as I pointed out, at the very least, they're a solid defense. And this is a very, very intelligent coach with a very disciplined football team. And the Bengals are Super Bowl contenders. Yes, they didn't have all their starters, but that still means something more than just they've got some good players. This is a good culture. It's a good locker room. The Bears are going against the Colts. And so I had a question on Packernet After Dark yesterday, uh, two days ago, whatever, talking about how important or, or does it actually make the team better or something to that effect. And I actually think it's not only great to have the joint practices, but go get the toughest opponents you can find. Like, if you can pair up with the Chiefs, if you can pair up with... I mean, if you're just looking for highlights to make yourself feel good, fine. Go find some garbage teams. Whatever. If you want to ramp up the heat, see if you can get some other NFC North teams involved. Probably will never do that, but... My preference would be to go up against the toughest opponents you can. Because, again, the Chicago Bears and Green Bay Packers play Week 1. The Bears are coming off a joint practice with the Colts. So that's what they know in terms of difficulty. right? In their preseason game, who did they play? The Titans. I mean, the Titans have been good in the past. They're not good right now. They haven't really experienced a really good football team, and I don't know that the Packers are, but I know that the Packers went up against a Super Bowl contender and beat the living crap out of them in training camp and then in the preseason game. Yes, I understand it's just preseason and their backups and all that stuff. It doesn't really matter. 
Same with the Patriots. Now, I don't know what, what's going to happen in the preseason game. But again, even, even if the Packers lose, it's still just a matter of how difficult it is. On top of, again, the, the Packers' offense is going up against a really good defense that the Bears don't have, despite their bragging about how great they were against the Colts, who have Anthony Richardson, who's projected to be kind of terrible, who kind of tore up the defense. But whatever. So I am glad that Matt LaFleur really likes joint practices. And I'm, I'm glad the way things have been going. I'm glad that he's able to bring in this high caliber of, of player. I mean, it really kind of speaks to the coach and, you know, the organization to be able to reach out to an organization like the Patriots and Bill Belichick and say, you know, I, I, I know you're, you're probably your phone's ringing off the hook. It would be an honor not only to be able to work with you, but if you would come to Lambeau Field and practice with us and, and to get him to say yes to the Packers, I think is a big deal, in my opinion. So good for them. I'm I'm very pleased with the two teams that were chosen and uh, were able to get agreements with. Anyways, also in the press conference, he highlighted uh, Brooks and Wooden, which is obvious. I mean, he talked at length about the pass rush, said he was, he was very impressed with it. Consistent pressure all day. So I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm still of the opinion that I don't know that any of this is real. It's true for the negative and it's true for the positive. But just like I said for the negative, I can only work with the information that I have in front of me. All the information I have right now on Wyatt Wooden and Brooks, with the exception of the of the actual preseason game, which was unfortunate, in which those guys didn't do a ton, especially Wyatt. But aside from that, pretty much all the information I have is that the pressure is unrelenting and that the young guys are really stepping up. I kind of highlighted this yesterday a little bit, talking about just, you know, everything comes down. We got a ton of guys on this football team and everything comes down to where they fall on the range of possibilities from their floor to their ceiling. And so far, almost every single one of these guys has been closer to their ceiling than their floor, which is fantastic. And Brooks and Wooden, I think, are, as of right now, at their ceilings. I had not very high expectations for rookies going from the edge to the interior in a rookie season. Um, LaFleur said that all the quarterbacks did a good job against the Patriots' defense, especially with all the looks they got. He said Sean Clifford called a max protection on a play-in-two-minute drill when the Patriots all-out blitzed. So, again, talking about his intelligence, it's one of the reasons he's here. The ability to be able to do something like that. To recognize that, hey, they're bringing the house. To call max protection as a coach, that's got to get you excited. Uh, Matt LaFleur says David Bakhtiari will practice today against the Patriots. LaFleur said they're going to throw a lot at tight end to uh, Luke Musgrave to get him ready for the season and will back off only if it becomes too much uh, for Musgrave. So that's also worth noting because I had mentioned at the pace that we're seeing, Luke Musgrave might lead the team in targets, but that may just be a heavy emphasis on Luke Musgrave to get him prepared for the season, and then we're going to see a shift to some other things. However, Luke Musgrave's freaking open. <laughs> What's the problem? <laughs> you know? What are we going to do? Say not throw to him? No. So, very weird situation also, by the way, with the uh, New York Jets. Apparently, they decided to cancel practice. Sounds like they may have done this prior to the Buccaneers coming, like a day before the Bucs showed up, saying, hey, by the way, we're going to cancel that second practice. So the Bucs were kind of screwed then and had to scramble to find a solution, and the, Je- the Giants apparently opened up their field so that the Bucs could still practice. Kind of a BS move by the Jets, especially since... The Jets are practicing today. I thought they just canceled. No, they just said you're not welcome here anymore and told them they had to leave. And so the Bucks had to go across the street to where the Giants practice, and the Giants opened up their practice field for them. What a freaking ridiculous thing. I mean, the Jets are just... 
I don't know, man. Every day that goes by, you start to listen to what uh, Sean Payton said and just think, you know, maybe. I mean, it, it, again, it's flying in the face of, of the other side of this, which is Aaron Rodgers really does look very good right now. I know there's been some bad plays or whatever, but I, he's looking as sharp as I think I've really ever seen him. Garrett Wilson's a very good football player. They got some good defensive players. But, you know, it's an organizational thing, man. It's not like the Jets have never had good players. Now, good players and a good quarterback is a separate thing, but again, it, it, it just feels like the, the sooner the season starts for the Jets, the better. Because the more time goes on, the more this team, you know, it, again, it, it, it kind of boils down to belief. You know, the Lions obviously are the, the, the main example that I use in terms of a coach getting players to believe so that they play above their potential. The Jets, I think, bought into what their coach was selling which I think this is now year three, at least to some degree. But at some point, you start to feel as a player, like, you know, all the rah-rah and all the talk and all that, yeah, you're a cool guy and you're, you're all freaking jacked and everything, and that's great, but we kind of suck. <laughs> and things are not going well, and the Bucks beat the living crap out of us. And then we threw temper tantrums and got into fights every five minutes. That injured our coach who got sent to the hospital. You're just starting to feel the reality that, you know what, they're still the Jets. Which I'm hoping we're also going to find out about the Lions this year. But, you know, we'll see. We'll give them, give them every opportunity, I guess. Um, Matt mentions on the kick that got knocked down by the wind yesterday from Anders that it was a missed hit because he knows how big Anders' leg is. That sentence doesn't make sense. Anyways, it's a bad kick. But he says the operation ahead of Anders has been good. I don't know what that means either. Uh, LaFleur on Jaden Reed's availability today. He's going to go through Indy for sure. We'll make the decision after that. So he's going to go through his individual drills. They're going to kind of assess how he's feeling, and he may may or may not practice. also want to just fill in, you know, so I've got this uh, list of, of uh, tweets, and it's mostly Packer people, but I've also got Bears, Lions, Vikings, and Jets people. But then I also have... One person that kind of provides highlights of every other team. I just want to read this, just as as context, because it's important that we do that, because sometimes we can just assume everybody else is doing something and we're doing this thing. This is via Alex Brasky. He is the editor of Bills Digest. He says, rough start to team drills for the Bills offense during Thursday's practice. Two drops, one by Gabe Davis, another by Stephon Diggs. A missed throw from Josh Allen and a ball batted behind the line of scrimmage by Edge Leonard Floyd. Offense was 0 for 4 to start the day. Again, this is a team that if you told me they won the Super Bowl, I would not even be slightly surprised. They are easily one of the best teams in football. Easily. Stuff happens. And again, it's, it's hard for us because we don't know what this offense is or this defense is or, or, or anything really. So when we hear something like that, immediately, at least... For a lot of us, myself included, it's like, oh man, is that like how things are just going to go? And maybe they will, I don't know. But it is important to remember that even the best teams, like the Buffalo Bills, even the best quarterbacks, like Josh Allen, even the best receivers, like Stephon Diggs, can play like crap, especially in training camp, but also in the regular season. That's also where I've kind of wondered to myself, you know, some of these layup throws that, that Jordan Love is missing. I know quarterbacks miss layup throws. I just know, don't know what the percentage is. So I, I'm, I'm kind of trying to wonder how common or uncommon it is that Jordan is missing the ones that he's missing. There is a percentage that kind of makes sense. It isn't 0%, it isn't 100%. It's somewhere in the middle. I don't know exactly what that is. 
Just want to interject here. We got a Vikings up, or a, excuse me, a uh, Jets update from Connor Hughes here. Drive the field drill for the Jets starting offense was ugly. This is a padless practice which should help things. Aaron Rodgers, dirted ball. Carter run, but holding call. I promise you this isn't a Dr. Seuss rhyme. Incomplete to Wilson, but DPI and Gardner. False start. Hall run for no gain. Illegal formation. Rodgers Conklin for no gain. Then a would-be punt. What's even better than the update that things are still a disaster for them is the comment section. We're overrated. <laughs> oh, this offense sucks. Maybe Hackett sucks. I'm just saying, it's, it's not a guarantee. Maybe things get better in the regular season. But things have been bad. And as I said yesterday, it seems like the Jets media and the Jets fans are starting to recognize it. When you've been bad for so long, and again, they might be wrong about, you know, being down on themselves or whatever things might turn around. But when you've been bad for this long, you start to see it again. You know what it looks like when you're bad. And it just immediately fall back into, oh no, we suck again. <laughs> oh, it brings me joy. Again, the offensive line scares me. We may not get to 65%, but if we do, it's looking like we, we might not get the 32nd pick after all. Not that that was ever a realistic thing. And we have Jordan Whitehead picks off Rodgers and team drill. Connor Hughes says uh, first play is an ugly interception right to Jordan Whitehead. Just been a bad couple days. Anyways, note from Herman. Uh, Clark and Bakhtiari back practicing, as is Tariq Carpenter. Bakhtiari wasn't one of the injured ones, I don't believe. He just wasn't really... Pro uh, I guess that's not necessarily true. I don't think... I don't know if he ever got officially listed as being injured. In other words, he's out with a hamstring or anything like that. But it does seem like they're holding him out for health reasons. I don't really know. But anyways, Kenny Clark being back and Tariq Carpenter being back is fantastic news. Can get some of this orange off of my uh, 53 here. Still no. Ballantyne, Stokes, Gaines, Goodson, Nichols, Campbell, C. Jones, which would be um, Caleb... Melton, Tenuta, or Tyler Davis? Honestly, I don't know. We'll see if it comes up in the updates. I don't know what's up with Ballantyne. I didn't have him down as one of the injured ones. Then we've got starting offense in one versus one. Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, Tom. That is, as I said a long time ago, the five that I fully intend to start, and I still intend that to be our first five. In addition, you have Watson, Dobbs, Dylan Jones, Musgrave. There has been a lot of 21 personnel that I've seen. 21, 22. It isn't always that way, but um, it's been more than I would have expected. The other thing is, I think it was Jersey Mike, but I'm not positive. Uh, and now I'm doubting that. But anyways, somebody called in and was talking about the amount of motion. I don't think it was Jersey Mike. And apparently in camp, that is still a thing. Somebody was talking about that a lot yesterday with the Patriots. In fact, I think it was a Patriots beat writer. He went on to say that it looked like it had absolutely no effect on their production whatsoever, but still worth noting. And then right off the bat, Kyle Mazan says, day two or joint practices equals fights. We have our first scuffle. Josiah DeGuara is heated. Didn't expect that. As a matter of fact, if I would have asked a thousand people to pick who you think it was that got into their first fight, I would guess roughly zero would pick Josiah DeGuara. Um, we have Owens and Savage at safety again. So again, Jonathan Owens has pretty well established himself as a number two. It's also why I said yesterday I'm not going to rush into Tavarius Moore taking over that spot. They're just trying him. It does seem, though, that Owens is that number two right now. Also have Inigbare starting with Preston Smith with the one. Again, that's why I didn't jump to Lucas Van Ness, because they've been rotating pretty heavily with... Preston is clearly the number one with Rashawn out. 
and then Hollins, Van Ness, and Inigbare have been in a regular rotation. I would say usually it's Hollins. The second most would be Van Ness. The third most would be Inigbare, which is why I'm keeping it as Hollins, Lucas, Van Ness, and Inigbare. But it's sort of like 2A, B, and C. And then McDuffie again in at linebacker with Campbell out. So I do think that's pretty firmly. So the the other thing to keep in mind is if we do actually roll with three linebackers, it looks like Eric Wilson will be the odd man out. I just don't expect that to be the case. I think it'll be four. But that seems to be pretty firm that McDuffie is that number three. I don't know that I've seen... Well, I could look at my notes, but anyways. I don't remember seeing Wilson kind of being that number three guy. Certainly not Tariq Carpenter or Jimmy Phillips. Uh, The defensive lineup via Herman is Clark, Slate, and Wyatt. So with Clark back again, that seems to me... So this is also really starting to become pretty firm, right? You got Slayton and Ford are the number one, number two nose tackles. Slayton is pretty much always going to be in that mix with the number ones as long as he's there, but it's Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt. With Kenny Clark being number one, sort of Slayton being so that 1B or 2 if you want to actually make those two things linear. Then you have Devontae Wyatt, then Colby Wooden, then Carl Brooks, and somewhere in there would be Jonathan Ford. Again, it's more difficult to project if it's a linear thing between all of them. I would probably put him at the bottom of that list, but I also think he has some importance being the only backup nose tackle. And then along with the linebackers, you have Inigbari, McDuffie, Quay, and Smith. Again, that all makes perfect sense. Razul and Jair makes perfect sense. And then Owens and Savage. Herman about the fight said it was a, a little scrum that got broken up pretty quickly. And I've noticed the Packers and Patriots staff seem to be making sure that these things get broken up extremely fast. That happened yesterday as well when there were words. People immediately sprinted out there and broke it up. And I think that's important for both teams. Um to make sure that that doesn't devolve into what, for example, ha- happened with the, the Jets and the Bucks, And also just, you know, you really like these practices, but you want to make sure that it, when you look at the, the positives and negatives, the positives far outweigh the negatives. And one of the ways that people don't show up back when you call and say, hey, do you want to come work out with us, that they say no, is your guys are out there swinging every single time something goes wrong. It's just, it just devolves into nonsense. People are going to see what happened with the Jets camp. They're not going to want to mess with that. Unless it's a, a, you know, maybe the Lions or something are like, we're going to go show we're tougher than them. Oh, great. Go out and have fun. I don't know. But I think for both organizations, um, reputation is important. That's that's the impression that I'm getting. Anyways, we got our first uh, starting thing here. Packer starters versus New England. Nice cutback by Jones to running lane left, created by Bakhtiari and Jenkins. By the way, I love that. The running game has struggled kind of consistently. It's never really been a major feature, especially with the starters. There's been more like Emmanuel Wilson against the third string defense, et cetera, et cetera. But the starters across the board, it's been kind of rough. You get Bakhtiari back and you got that Bakhtiari-Jenkins combo and immediately you see results. Kind of like what happened when Jair came in. Jair comes in, immediate pass breakup. Two plays later, pass breakup. Like it's just a different level when you get that guy back in the lineup. It's just one play, but I'm just saying, I do think that that really not only affects how good our left tackle spot is, but I think the left side of the line with Bakhtiari and Jenkins working together significantly increases. Obviously, the offensive line as a whole is much better with David Bakhtiari in it. And any talk about a trade is nonsense. I heard about somebody tweeted out like the Jets are actively um, considering trading for David Bakhtiari. Bro, they can consider trading for Pat Mahomes if they want. It doesn't matter. The Packers aren't trading David Bakhtiari. Maybe I shouldn't say that so definitively, but I find it to be nonsense. The Packers have already made a plan for the 2023 season that includes David Bakhtiari at left tackle. Do you understand how massive of a wrench that's going to throw in? It's also bad for the locker room. 
It's bad for the coaching staff. It's bad for the reputation of the front office for for him to because you understand. Brian Gutekunst might see the positives in the future building of this franchise. Matt LaFleur doesn't care. His job is to get this team ready. He has spent hours and hours and hours coming up with game planning that involves David Bakhtiari. And if he comes downstairs and says, by the way, I'm shipping off your all-pro left tackle to another team, I mean, it is what it is. The GM gets to do what he wants. I don't think the coach is going to be too happy about that. So it's not a 0% chance, but it's pretty freaking close. And, and the, the cap ramifications are a disaster. It's not impossible. I mean, we've done things that are disastrous. We're going to come through it just fine, just like with the Aaron Rodgers contract thing. We'll navigate it. We'll get through it. And by next year, we're fine. But still, it's just, it's not going to happen. I mean, I, I also saw, uh, apparently, Ravens fans think that we're gonna, they're going to trade for Jair Alexander. Because I guess if you want somebody, you just go buy them. That's just how that works. Bro, n- nobody's trading Jair, and even Packer fans are like, well, it's going to cost you a bunch. No, it's not, because we're not selling. He's not for sale. It's not a thing. I don't know why. I, I think it's Madden. It's like I said, fantasy football, and maybe fantasy is a part of it, because you guys can just trade whoever you want, whenever you want. But I think Madden has broken people's brains also. Nobody trades a Jair Alexander. Nobody trades a Rashawn Gary. David Bakhtiari is a slightly different situation because he's probably, probably, maybe not, but probably in the final year of... By the way, he doesn't have to be. People talk about, look at his injury history. He doesn't really have a history. He has one injury that took a very long recovery. There are left tackles that have played into their mid to late 30s. I'm not saying Bakhtiari is one of them, but we can't completely dismiss the idea that he's comes back next year and maybe the year after that i don't know we'll see doesn't seem to be the packers way where they seem to want to get out from under these kinds of situations but i mean if he just plays pretty flawlessly and seamlessly through this season and is healthy and seems energetic and wants to keep playing i mean fine anyways uh jones gets outside uh cuts back for a few yards on the left side Dylan a few yards up the middle. Play action finds Jones in the flat out of the backfield. I just got done saying the running backs have not been a major feature, and so far we do nothing but hit our running backs in this first drive. Play action. Dobbs comes across behind the line of scrimmage. Love throws to him in the flat. DB close by to make a stop. Kyle Malzahn says again, Packers offense and Patriots defense gets real chippy. Herman says second scrim. I'm guessing that scrum almost breaks out. This one calmed down even faster. Lafleur not happy, though. Again, this is, I think, just a difference. Like, we're, we're not tolerating fighting, so don't even, don't even play with me. I do not care. You can go sit down. Whereas I think, you know, different teams have a different mentality toward that, where we're, we're telling you not to, but we also maybe kind of a little bit like it. Ryan Wood says, didn't take long to get chippy today. A.J. Dillon took a dive up the middle, came out the other side, but a scrum erupted behind him. Pushing, jawing, ended quickly. Something to keep an eye on, though. Now Malik Heath and Marcus Jones are getting into it. Packers and Patriots practice nice for a day. And I get where the Packers are coming from, and I appreciate that, but I also have zero problem with somebody like Malik Heath getting in somebody's face. Don't be stupid. There is a line to where it seems like, okay, you may be a liability. But honestly, I mean, it just means you care. It's just passion. It's pride in yourself. It's pride in your organization. Pride in your in your fellow teammates. I'm all for it. A DPI, a DPI on Alexander versus Thornton. Nixon breaks up a quick screen. Lucas Van Ness and Hollins both have a shot at a sack on Jones. Pass then dropped. Got Cheesehead TV in the house. Says fight update. Malik Heath is on one. Locks up with the Pate, the Pats DB. And for the second time, neither let go. Broke up quickly, though. It's funny because uh, 
Eversol says, second, uh, updating on the first two fights. I guess the full thing says, first one, a Patriots player shoved a Packer when getting up off the ground. Second one, Patriots cornerback was upset because Malik Heath blocked him past the first down marker. Seems like what Malik Heath does. And now Henry Pearson's helmet just popped off. He wasn't happy. Patriots coaches pulling entire defense into the field, telling them to knock it off. Now it looks like Malik Heath is getting talked to. He's heated. A young guy needs to try to control his emotion. These joint practices get real heated. And again, this is kind of the whole thing, right? You want to keep doing this, you got to make sure that you keep things somewhat under control because you know how these can spiral. Coaches pulling the Green Bay offense and New England defenses together to tell them to play nice. Awesome play action fake by Clifford. Did the old Rodgers fake and delay must be the locker. Unfortunately, he threw high for Crest and he knew it, wanted it back immediately. Things extremely chippy between Packers offense and Pat's defense. Almost a third fight. Pearson ends up without a helmet. We saw that one already. Tell you what, why don't we take a break right here? Uh, If you want to support the podcast, please consider patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. You can support me for as little as $1 per month. Also, please check out grassfedcooperative.com. Use promo code Packer10 for 10% off your order. That's promo code capital P Packer10. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, continuing. We got Patrick Taylor for a couple yards. Sean Clifford, really nice play action. Sell rolls out but overthrows. Magoo at quarterback. Uh, McCrary with a running lane up the middle. Andy Herman says, and for four times out of five plays, a fight breaks out. Aaron Jones is getting physical, so that tells you all you need to know. High tension right now. Wyatt had a pressure on Jones, and then Slayton probably has a sack on the next play. Deep pass from Jones to Thornton, but Inigbare would have had a sack. Kyle Malzahn says, literally the Packers offense and Patriots defense can't run a play without getting in a scrum. 
Jabril Peppers' non-stop chirping Green Bay's receiving core. Wicks and Heath continue to show their blocking abilities. Aaron Nagler says Jabril Peppers is just standing on the sideline yelling all sorts of stuff at the Packers' offensive players. uh, Intensity is definitely up from yesterday. Starting offense back on the field. Play action and pitch right to Jones for no gain. Nickel blitz goes unpicked up. Love throws it away. Pitch right to Jones. Nice block by Wicks. Play action. Good coverage. Love goes through progressions. Finds Dylan in the flat. Wilson run for a few yards up the middle. Um, Herman says Jaden Reed is practicing in team drills. Schneidman says this might escalate soon. Four scuffles in the first nine plays of Packers O versus Patriots D. As Spofford notes, Belichick and Lafleur both not happy. Wes Hodkowitz says some bodies in front of me, but looks like Preston opened team red zone with a sack of Jones. Sean Clifford back at quarterback. Few yard run by Wilson. Nice job by Wilson to help Walker with the pass rush. It's important for Emmanuel Wilson, right? Nowhere for Clifford to go with the ball. Magoo at quarterback. DeBose in motion. Handoff to McCrary for a little gain. Aaron Jones is even chirping back at the Patriots between drills. That's how day two is going. Both teams huddled again before red zone. So pretty much after each team period, both coaches gather both teams together and tell them to freaking calm down. Love, Watson, touchdown, first play of red zone. Watson won clean, perfect throw from 10. Then we got a Patri- Patriots beat guy saying Devondre Parker catches a touchdown against Jair Alexander two snaps after Kendrick Bourne scored. Patriots starting wide receivers are on fire to start practice. Two straight pass breakups by the Pats defense following the Watson touchdown. Love rolls right, great protection by Bakhtiari. Tried to find DeGuara, but he was covered well incomplete. Love throws a pick to 23, trying to get it to Musgrave. Tight coverage by the Patriots here in red zone. Kyle Mazan says, Jordan Love throws an interception during red zone drills. He is now one of five with a touchdown and a pick in the drill. Aaron Negler says, real bad decision by Love in red zone, trying to fit one into Musgrave between two defenders. Ball ends up picked, comes back, and finds Watson for a touchdown on the next play. Good job by Watson finding a hole in the zone. Andy Herman says Christian Watson's head just hit the clouds as he skied for a leaping touchdown grab. Myers got beat bad on the play. May have been a sack slash hold in real game. Nice play by Love and Watson, though. Malzahn says Jordan Love gets pressure and lobs one up to Christian Watson. Watson leaps in the air and hauls it in for a touchdown. Really nice catch by Watson. Good instincts by Love, too. Love and the offense finish the red zone's drill. Two of six with two touchdowns and a pick. Sean Clifford in red zone. Blitzer may have a sack, but finds Wilson over the middle for a touchdown. Nice pass to Watts in the back left corner. Pass breakup by a DB. Good play by defense. Throws to Bo- throws to DeBose on a slant. Pass breakup. Good protection. Finds Allen for a touchdown. Then Magoo at quarterback. Ball batted at the line of scrimmage. Ball tipped at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> oh, Magoo. We love you. By the way, we've got a blitz pickup by Wilson and now a receiving touchdown, I believe to Wilson, even though it was a sack, whatever, he caught a pass for a touchdown, so we're starting to get a little bit of that. Herman says, Rudy Ford and Carrington Valentine, first team jammers on punt return, that's one way to get 37 on the field. So this is also worth noting, because I've been saying Rudy Ford is falling, but Rudy Ford is similar to Dallin Levitt. I don't think he is off this team, because he's a he is a prime special teamer. But it is cool to see they're getting Carrington Valentine involved as well, because I think they're realizing, like, okay, if you're going to be a legit backup, then we got to see what you can do on special teams because that's your primary job now because you're mostly going to be riding the bench. So if you're if you're sitting here taking up real estate, collecting a paycheck, you're going to go out there and get killed on special teams. That's the deal. 
And we got Chad Graff says, not sure what changed with the Patriots offense overnight, but this is the best I've seen them look since moving here a year ago. They just torched Green Bay's defense, both in full field drill and red zone period. That's comforting. Andy Herman says, we've got another fight, this time on special teams. Clears pretty quickly again. A lot of little fights. No major brouhaha yet. Feels like it's coming, though. Patriots Anthony Jennings just laid Packers Keyshawn Banks on the ground. Jennings just bull rushed Banks from behind and laid him out blindsided. Jennings gets kicked out of practice. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure later on Keyshawn Banks admits that he punched the guy. So I, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think that's what happened. So this is sort of the reaction that got caught. That's what you do, though, man, especially when they're chippy. Throw them a little, little, little neck punch right in the Adam's apple. Then just turn around like you're not doing anything. And when they hit you, just go, what are you doing? I don't even know you, bro. Got the wrong guy. Aaron Jones got tripped by a Patriots DB and jumped up swinging. I am so mad there's no video of this. I can't imagine Aaron Jones even being angry. What would that look like? Can you picture that? He got tripped by a DB and jumps up and just starts swinging. This is insane, he says. Matt LaFleur losing it on the sideline, runs out to talk to his team. Andrew Callahan for the Patriots says, Patriots open 11 on 11. Mostly red zone work, Patriots dominated thoroughly. Zeke took handoffs and ran routes. An impressive start for just his second practice. Mac Jones was 6 of 9, uh, dropped batted pass and a sack for the other three. Zappy was 6 of 7. Touchdowns, Douglas had two, Parker, Bourne, and Fersker. So that's a lot of touchdowns. Andy Herman says, a, a helmet just went flying. We've got people in the pile kicking. This has been fight number six. Bill Huber says, Levitt is hurt on a punt, which triggers a fight involving McDuffie. Punt period ends 3.30 early. Kyle Malzahn says, Isaiah McDuffie was on the ground getting kicked by Patriot players. Dude, these people need, I mean, I know it's practice, but, you know, this reminds me of when uh, Aaron Donald took off his helmet and tried to freaking kill somebody with it. I mean, first of all, the police should have been involved and charges should have been filed. But at the very least, the NFL needs to get involved. I understand that this isn't... By the way, this is exactly how you know the NFL is full of crap when it comes to player protection. It has nothing to do with that. You know why? Because when this stuff happens, they don't do anything. Why? The cameras aren't rolling. You don't have millions of people watching at home. You don't have moms and little children that are going to call and write letters. You're not going to get lawsuits. You're not going to have advertisers pulling ads because of the violence because the advertisers are getting calls about it they don't give a crap so guys can be on the on the ground getting stomped out aaron donald could take his helmet off and try to murder somebody nobody gives a crap but in a game if you look at somebody wrong you get a fifty thousand dollar fine for mr roger goodell dude that's bull crap isaiah mcduffie's getting kicked on the ground i know it's mostly coming from packers reporters but these patriots players kind of sound like douchebags I mean, I know, like, oh, yeah, it's, it's being tough, and this is part... Come on, man. When you're freaking tripping people, hitting people from behind, kicking people on the ground, you're a freaking thug douchebag. That's what you are. There's a line. You don't cross that line. This isn't like Goon Squad, where we're out there just, like, you know, blocking real hard. This is like criminal activity. I don't know what happened, but if some... 300-pound guy with spikes on his shoes is stomping a player on the ground who came in trying to defend an injured player. Sounds like these guys were just starting a lot of fights and the Packers are getting freaking pissed. That takes a lot to get Aaron Jones angry. And when he's out there getting angry at these guys and then he gets intentionally tripped, these guys just sound like scumbags. I'm sorry I said that they were a disciplined football team because clearly they are not. Anyways... Continuing, Aaron Nagler says, Really nice grab by DeBose on the left sideline, continuing to flash. 
Anyways, Tucker Kraft gets tackled hard and goes to the ground. He takes a while to get up and is limping to the sideline. Yikes, that did not look good. Just continues and continues. Aaron Mosby came in late at a heavy position, but he keeps making plays and backfield in the two's defense. Clifford completes a clat. Kraft in the flat, lowered his shoulder, but got laid out by Marty Mapu. Ball out, Kraft slow to get up, so that's more context on that same play. Tyrell Ford gets a pick off Zappi after a pass gets deflected because cause had pressure. Paul Brettel says, I'm watching the Packers' defense now. Second unit is in. Shamar Jean Charles on a blitz. Slot tips a pass behind the wide receiver. Wide receiver sits down in the zone, complete for six to seven yards. Running lane, Moore comes up to make a stop by linebackers. Few yards up the middle, play action right, screen left, 10 yards or so. Wide receiver screen, Moore and Thomas there now. Nice break in the ball by Wilson, deflected, then picked off by T. Ford. New England wide receiver beats Thomas down the right sideline for a deep ball. Mosby was close by for a sack in real time. Quote from Cheesehead TV, can't exactly read the full quote, but fake tough guys in Green Bay, I swear. Now that's a really annoying thing because the fact of the matter is Jabril Peppers and the, and the Patriots defense decided they were going to be a bunch of friggin' jagoffs. They were going to come in hot, they're going to start fights, they're going to do all this stuff. And the fact of the matter is the Packers are not responding. I mean, they, they are getting up and trying to fight, but on the field, they're losing. They're losing everywhere. They're losing on offense, they're losing on defense. And so what's happening and what's about to happen is that the Packers just get quiet. So they start coming in, they're hitting you, you're not hitting back. They're chirping at you, you're not chirping back. They're winning, you're losing. It's a pretty demoralizing thing to have happen. There's a lot of comments about, you know, this is proof that the Packers are soft and all that, and, you know, it, it doesn't help that narrative. I'll say that much. They've been, they, they've been able to believe for a long time that they're a very physically imposing football team. They've got all the chirping, they've got all the swagger, they do all that stuff. And then somebody comes into your house, literally punches you in the mouth, and you don't really respond with anything positive other than trying to fight back. I, I don't have reports on who's winning. I don't think anybody actually wins fights in these things. You punch padding and nobody gets hurt. But, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a damning comment to have Jabril Peppers screaming stuff like a bunch of fake tough guys in Green Bay. Like, you know, flying into your house and being like, this is it? This is all you got? You guys are freaking weak, dude. We're going to run all over you. We're going to go back to New England. We're going to prepare to be an actual football team. That's demoralizing. That one hurts. It always hurts more when it's true. So I was hoping for some kind of a response. It's not coming, though. Continuing, Eric Wilson blows up a screen, bats the ball in the air, and Jimmy Phillips picks it off to end the team, too. I'm pretty sure the other pick was Eric Wilson, too, that tipped it in the air. In fact, it was. Tom Grassi says, if this practice is any indication, Saturday's preseason game is going to be something. Tucker Craft has his helmet back on, looks ready to go, hasn't re-entered the drills yet. Meanwhile, Watson gets Bumped off his route, incomplete, then Love misses Dobbs on a slant, incomplete. Very disjointed practice all the way around. Love gets the Patriots to jump for a free play. Hard hard count still lethal in Green Bay. I'm guessing nothing came of that or it would have been mentioned. Likely would-be sack on Love. Swings it out to Wicks, but no gain there either. Kenny Clark looks good. Had some pressures today. He and Slayton coverage for a sack. Jones didn't get a a throw-off. Love incomplete to Ture. Patriots... Patriots' intensity much higher than the Packers. Packers getting outplayed right now. Nagler says, Love can't get anything going downfield. Patriots' secondary on lockdown so far. 
Starting defense now on the field. Tight coverage by McDuffie versus tight end downfield, but nice pass by Jones. Good push from the interior defensive line. Clark and Slayton with a lot of push. Jones dumps it off for a few yards over the middle. Coverage sack. Five-yard run to the left of the line. Incomplete out route. Savage was close by. Screen. Nice stop by Owens. And Igbari also may have forced the OT to hold. Van Ness on a stunt. Good coverage gives Enigbare time to get home. Love throws a late ball rolling right back to his left. Should have been picked. Couple bad decisions from 10 today. Tucker Craft back in team drills. He's okay. Great job by Love reading the slot blitz post snap and hitting Jones short for what would be a big gain. Love to Ture and a deep out. One of the best throws of the day so far. Nice work by Wicks, Wicks getting off the initial jam. Perfectly placed ball by Love behind the corner and in front of the safety for a good chunk play. Love overthrows Wicks on a deep ball. Wasn't really there anyway. Pat's defense is as advertised today. On the defensive side, we got a sack by McDuffie on a blitz. Kyle Malzahn says, Patriots defense just poured, the, just outpowered the Packers' first team offense. I had Jordan Love 4 of 9 in that set of team. Not a lot going. A lot of short balls. <laughs> Magoo sacked. Rolls around anyways. Sacked again. Aaron Nagler says, Pat sent the kitchen sink at Magoo and he just dot 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 stood there. Ryan Wood says, Packers starting offensive line, the ones you're probably going to see against Chicago, has held up well against the Patriots defensive front. The third offensive line very much is not. Alex Magoo running all over the place. Two minute drill, down seven, ball in the 25, 140, two timeouts, and Love immediately throws a pick. Tried to fit the ball in between two uh, in between cover two, corner made a leaping, juggling interception. They're doing the drive again. It started pouring rain, so definitely missed some stuff. Love made a nice rolling throw for a would-be touchdown to Deguara, but Deguara couldn't come down with it. Not an easy catch, but one you'd like to see him go and get. 16 seconds left, third and two from the Patriots, 18, down seven, no timeouts left. Pass breakup on a throw to Wicks, 10 seconds left, fourth down. Love buys time, finds Musgrave in the end zone, perfect ball. Musgrave goes to get it and drops the game-tying touchdown. Been that kind of day. Nagler says it's striking watching the Pats' sticky coverage in two-minute and the Packers' defense being less so. Starting defense in two-minute versus New England. Throw to the flat. Jire there to limit the play. Run up the middle first down. Completion on a quick out. Finds tight end and a crosser. Stopped right away. Sacked by Enigbare. Deep ball complete for a touchdown. Parker had a step on Razul Douglas. Malzahn says, today was not the Packers' day. Tough day for Jordan Love and the offense after they shined yesterday. The Patriots' offense and defense overpowered Green Bay throughout this afternoon. A bunch of chirping and scrums. New England's sideline is, take, is talking nonstop. And we have Devontae Parker beats Razul deep up the left sideline, and Jones hits him for a touchdown. Light two-minute work. Herman says, the difference in energy by the two sidelines is striking right now. Pat's lively. Packers look like they just got punched in the mouth hard. Then we get uh, Sean Clifford out there. It says, great grab by DeBose in two minutes to get the offense in position to score. C Clifford really ripped it. Then Cody Crest touchdown totally called that, says Wes Hodkowitz. An LOL after it. Wes Hodkowitz says, Clifford with a blood and guts drive finally finds pay dirt with a 21-yard touchdown pass to Cody Crest off a rebound deflection in the end zone. Ryan Wood says, Sean Clifford might just work miracles. A de facto Hail Mary from 21, four seconds left. Clifford chucks it into the end zone. It's deflected. Rolls off Pat's defender's back while laying on the field. And Packers wide receiver Cody Crest catches a football off a ricochet. That's one way to score a touchdown. And then Bailey Zappi leads the Patriots right down the field for a touchdown against the Packers too. 
Finally, Magoo two-minute drill should have ended in a pick with about 50 seconds left, but a Patriots player tipped it away from the other Patriots player. And then Watts gets crushed on fourth down following an Emmanuel Wilson drop. That does it for practice. Andy Herman's player of the day, the Patriots. So I don't know, man. I mean, it's just... Uh, I, I think the... The only thing that kind of sucks, and obviously these days are going to happen. You're going to have days where you just... Like, what the heck just happened there, right? The best teams in football have that. They lose games they shouldn't lose, whatever. Um, the only thing that kind of sucks is I've been bragging so much about how they have the ability to rebound. And I think they do, but I also think the emotion kind of, they got caught up in that. So from what we've seen generally, there's a bad play. It doesn't usually lead to a downward spiral. This is the only time where it just felt like things were not great and then they got bad and then they got worse and then they got horrible and then it got worse and it was just a disaster right it just really spiraled and look i think the patriots just got in their head they came in they were physical they played kind of dirty and the 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 packers are just kind of not ready for it and in a way you know i i understand the narrative of soft football team fair enough it's something for them to reflect on you know do we want to be a Meaner, tougher football team, whatever. I don't know. Um, but in a way, from from the standpoint of preparation, I think it's a good thing. Just like I said, I wanted Jordan to see more pressure. This is a different... I mean, there was actual pressure, but it's a different form of pressure where not only are things crumbling around you in terms of pass rushers getting to you, but things are crumbling around you in terms of your own mind is working against you right now. What do you do when your offensive line is just they're making a lot of mistakes. How do you respond when it's a fourth down and you throw it to your tight end and he drops it? How do you respond? What do you do? How do you rally the troops? Do you yell at them? Do you flip them off? <laughs> do you, what do you do? Um, it's a good learning thing for everybody because these things are going to happen where it just seems like nothing's working. You know, everything's just going wrong. What do you do? How do you respond? And in this case, they didn't respond they didn't turn it around but um you know it's the first time they've really faced that as a group and and again i think that's important because these things are going to happen and and the best thing you can do i mean the, the best team i've ever seen at this is the is the um <clears throat> well the patriots were very good at it but also the kansas city chiefs every i mean both of those teams at times you watch them just get the living tar beat out of them and it's like ah <laughs> you're you're out of the playoffs this time buddy and then they just come back and they just keep coming and they just keep coming and they just keep coming so you know again i think the emotion got them i think that they were so angry and wrapped up in their own head they just weren't thinking clearly and football is a thinking sport it's about precision, and, and, and that's what the Packers are, and that's what they've always been. That's part of where the soft label comes from. They're sort of an intellectual football team. It's about exact, precise route running and exact, precise this, that, or the other, and when you're just all up in your head, you know, you're, you're cutting routes a little short, or you're doing this, or you're, you're just not thinking very clearly. And so everybody's making mistakes, and that gets you more upset, and it makes you more panicked, and like, you gotta make a play, whereas you wouldn't be feeling that way before, and so, look, it, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not good to just get the living crap beat out of you, especially in, in your own house and uh, when it comes down to physicality. But it is good because it happened now in the offseason. This is, this is time for serious reflect, reflection. 
calm down and really think about what happened, how you reacted, and how that caused a negative outcome, and how we need to change that going forward. You know, I mean, you want another great example? Brett Favre. There was nothing better on this planet than when that guy got angry. Nothing better. Aaron Rodgers is kind of the opposite. Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback as far as throwing the football than Brett Favre. But if you got in Aaron Rodgers' head, he wasn't very good. Brett Favre, dude, nothing better than Warren Sapp just laying him out. When you see him get up and get in somebody's face, you won the game. You just, you freaking won the game. It was over. He was going to light you up. Try to tap into that. There are a lot of players that are that way. You get them angry and, and they're going to show you. I think that's honestly one of the characteristics of, of the greats. Obviously not all of them, but a lot of them. Tom Brady, you get him fired up, you better freaking watch out. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your night, day, whatever. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.